Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome to the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I am Dave Ross here at the South Point Casino in Las Vegas. He is Michael Lombardi at his home back on the East Coast. Michael, I always look forward to our Wednesday football conversations. But I got to be honest, I had no idea we'd be talking about Stephon Gilmore and Jalen Smith and the releases that we've seen in the last 24 hours in the NFL to begin this show. Michael, you're as connected as anybody in the league. I wonder, the Stephon Gilmore news, first and foremost, with the Patriots, were you as surprised as I was today that Bill Belichick said, when you come off the pup list, your services are no longer required here in New England? Well, I think there's a, it's a little bit of a complicated. I mean, Stephon Gilmore wants a new contract. I mean, I think he's seen the market. He feels he's still an elite corner, and he wants to be treated and paid like a corner. And we've seen reports come out today David, that, you know, he wants $15 million a year. The Patriots have been negotiating. When I was at their camp this summer, they've been negotiating back and forth. Now, he wasn't healthy. I don't know how healthy he is right now either. You know, eventually he will get healthy. But I think the problems were stemming from the fact that Gilmore is looking for an extension to be paid for future years. And I'm not sure the Patriots were willing to go more than a year. And I think there lies the problem. And too soon is always the Patriots' mantra. Mm. We'd rather cut you too soon than too late. And someone's going to jump all over him. There's no doubt that somebody will take a chance on him. You know, even though he's, you know, even though he's getting up there in age and and he didn't play as well last year as he did the year before at 30. He's going to be 30. Just turned 32. So for me, I, I'm not surprised at all. 
because I know they wanted to keep him. I know they wanted him on the field because they feel like their corner situation isn't great. But he wanted to get paid, and I think ultimately this didn't work out for them. Michael, I guess everybody just assumes now he's going to be on the the first plane down to Tampa, right, to be reunited with Tom Brady yeah. and company. I mean, does that make the most sense? Well, he wants fifteen million a year. Tampa doesn't have fifteen million a year. Mm. I mean, he wants to get paid, and he's not going to take a discounted deal until he at least sees what the market is. Here's what I do know about Stephon Gilmore: when Gilmore can play man to man on one receiver, he's a really good player. When you try to play him within the scheme and the framework of the scheme. That's not always in the best interest, right? So what does that mean? When he says, okay, you guard Antonio Brown or you go guard Clay, uh, Chase Claypool, mm-hmm. no problem. He'll do that. You follow him all over the field, he'll play really well. But when you're sitting there saying, we're going to play some off-man here, we're going to play cover two, we're going to play cover, that's not his game. His game is take one guy out and cover one guy man-to-man. And I think that's where he needs to go. And all these teams that are looking, and there's a ton of teams that need corners. There's no doubt. I mean, San Francisco needs a corner. You know, Green Bay could use a corner. I know they probably wouldn't do this. It would be too rich for them. Minnesota has always wanted another corner. Arizona could desperately use a man-to-man corner. There'll be plenty of interest in this. Kansas City, there'll be plenty of interest. It's Are people willing to give him $30 million for two Oof. when maybe he doesn't really have it in him anymore? Yeah, obviously he feels like a shift of the balance of power to whoever in the elite teams here in the NFL, as you said, that need a corner here. Green Bay with Jair Alexander, great point, but you're right. I don't know if they're going to pay that kind of freight there to to go get him, but he does feel like that type of difference maker, right? So are we just going to look at the elite teams, or could it possibly be a Carolina Panthers, obviously with their young corner, J.C. Horn, out? Are are there – are there enough suitors out there that, one, he'll get his money, and, two, he'll go to a team that can actually can contend this year? Well, to get your money, all you need is two teams, right? That's all you need is two. It only takes two. And typically, when guys get their money, they really only have one team, maybe two. There's never, you know, when you read in the media, there's seven teams bidding on it. Just ignore it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it never happens, right? All you need is two. And there'll be two teams that'll be interested in it. Now, there'll be teams that just once he says, I want 15 for two, I want 45 for three, you know, with 25 guaranteed upon signing, there's going to be a lot of people that take their chips and walk home. And then there's going to be one or two left. I think the Cardinals will be the favorite here because I think the Cardinals get a sense that they have a Super Bowl caliber team, that they feel like they could be really good. That would be, and, you know, yeah, that'd be really and interesting. Their corner situation mm-hmm. with, with their corner situation isn't great. You know, they're playing two rookies they drafted in the fourth and sixth round and Gowan and Wilson, you know, and so they play Murphy and, and Alfred as starters. They generate a lot of – he would fit in well at Arizona. Older player, mature player, could play within their scheme. I see them being the dark horse in this. That's a very interesting team you throw out there. Obviously, Patrick Peterson moved on from a year ago to Minnesota, so maybe that veteran corner presence could be exactly what they need there. Michael, yeah. I was stunned yesterday, and I could not wait to pick your brain – about the Dallas Cowboys and getting rid of Jalen Smith. I you were stunned. You're a Cowboy fan. How are you stunned? Well, I had heard Michael through the you know the grapevine that maybe he'd kind of fell out of favor with Dan Quinn and they didn't really have a position for him once they drafted Michael Parsons this year. But he can still run if that knee's okay. You just gave him an extension here not too long ago. What am I missing here, Michael? He's slow. He can't run. I mean, you know, when he's on the field, he's a liability. I mean. That's surprising because, you know, when they have Van Der Esch and him on the field at the same time, they're slow. 
That's the problem. That's why Parsons had to come in. And look, I think it's a wonderful story with Jalen Smith, but the reality of it is, is everybody in the league except for Jerry thought the nerve damage was never going to get rejuvenated. Mm. And it did for a moment. I was shocked they gave him the extension. I really was. I was shocked because I didn't feel like he was really ever – it looked like he played with drop leg, Dave. Right. I kind of was – you know, like he never looked like he could burst or accelerate. And, of course, he makes one tackle and, you know, the PFF grades on him are sensational. Everybody went all, you know. <laughs> but when you watch the game after game after game, he became a liability. And Parsons, you would think that Parsons, the way he's been playing end – in their defense, you know, Smith would have a bigger role, but Smith's too slow. Plus, he's got nine and a half, nine and a half money next year guaranteed if he's on the roster. The Cowboys weren't going to do that. I mean, the one thing the Cowboys will do is they'll overspend, but they don't stupidly overspend. They so they made the move. And here's the other reality: no one's going to touch this contract. He will go through the waiver wire unclaimed. Because nobody's going to take on the liability of that knee and the contract. Yeah, great point. And again, you're right. It was kind of one of those wishful thinking, hoping that the great story from Notre Dame and, you know, blowing up his knee in the bowl yeah. game and the whole things, he could come back from that. And you're right. It looked like early on he had recovered from that in year two. But, yeah, you know, this was his opportunity. Once they had to move Micah Parsons down to a down lineman position with Tank Lawrence out, you thought, okay, now Jalen Smith can be Jalen Smith again. And when you didn't show that early – it's a great point. Sometimes you got to cut bait, and it looks like that's what they did with an improving defense in Dallas. But yet, Jalen Smith, to your point, they tried to trade him. Apparently, there were there were no takers, obviously, for that contract. There, no, there was going to be no. T- I mean, just watch him on tape. He can't run. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing. The tape doesn't lie. The media lies, but the tape doesn't lie. <laughs> we're going to have the media. The media thinks he's great, and the PFF grades are tremendous on him. You know, he's one of the top three linebackers in football. You know, I stopped paying attention to pro football focus grades when I saw Tyree Kills, the 11th best receiver. Like, somebody tell me who's two of the ten better receivers than Tyree Kill. I'd like to know. I'll wait all day long until you come up with them. (laughs) I'll wait. I'll wait forever. You just tell me who they are. Like, there's nobody better. There's nobody better. There's nobody on the – there's nobody – the only one who's better, he has a red cape with an S on it. And he doesn't play in the league. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But it's a great point because I look at some of these lists and I go, how in the world is this person – but that's that's a story for another day. Michael Gelkin is going to join us later on in this very program to talk all things Dallas. And, of course, Steve Mackin has got some really intriguing things, Michael, that I can't wait to, to get your thoughts on, too, about betting teams pre-buy. And we've got two buys in the NFL this year, and Matt Hayes is going to come up in the second hour talking all things Jacksonville. And your tweets, Michael, oh yesterday about Urban Meyer, I was like, what in the wild, wild world of sports is going on down there? So we'll get your thoughts and Matt Hayes' thoughts. And, of course, Lou Finnecaro is going to join us as well, talking all things football, maybe sneak in some UFC, as we like to do. But very quickly, uh, Michael, because I haven't heard your thoughts yet on the Monday night game, what were your thoughts on the Raiders? It looked like they didn't get off the bus until the third quarter in L.A. Maybe it was the whole lightning strike thing and the delay of the game. No. Even I, I don't know what was going on there. I, I think it was a classic example of a couple factors. As, as the great Phil Leotardi once said, a couple, three things here. <laughs> the Number one, their defense isn't as good as we think they are. Right? Their defense isn't as good as we think they are. That's one. Two, when Carr gets hit early in the game, now, I know Raider fans don't want to hear this, but what, what, what Joey Bosa said after the game is, is spot on true. Mm. When Carr gets hit early in the game, go back to the Atlanta game, go back to some of his eye level comes down, and he has a hard time adjusting, and he has a hard time being really patient in the pocket. So for me, 
That's what happened. You know, and that's why they were unable to get, like, at the end of the half, I mean, they got to, They go for it on third and one. They run that ridiculous pullback belly. They don't get it. Now they're down 21 nothing at the half. I mean, the end of the game, man, end of the half management was horrible. You know, they get a chance to come back. They missed the field goal. I, I just felt like the front of the Chargers took it to the Raiders, and I think the Raiders' offensive line is a little bit of a liability. Yeah, Alex Weatherwood had right when they got their first stop. It was seven nothing. That good field position. They had a trick play. It looked like that was dialed up. Leatherwood has a false start, and then the next play on first and 15, he gives up a sack, and then it was basically series over, first half over, game over. Yeah, they you know made the, the comeback there in the third quarter with 14 unanswered, but kind of with you, I thought those old Raiders were kind of put to bed, but then they kind of rear their ugly head every once, in, every once in a while, and it does start up front with that offensive line. You know, I think that's their liability. They're not as good in the offensive front as they've been in the past. They really aren't. I mean, the guards kept getting pushed back into the pocket. And give the give the I think I think Brendan Staley's game plan was really good. We're going to hit this guy. We're going to make him have to prove that he can stay in the pocket and make tight throws. And look, he's playing great. But the reality of it is, is it wasn't good enough. And when they needed to stop with their defense, they just couldn't get that stop. And let's face it, the Raiders just haven't. I mean, that was the best quarterback they've played against so mm-hmm. far this season. Lamar's a different kind of quarterback, right? And we all know that game could have gone the other way. Yeah, no question about it. And you're right. When you look at what the Chargers are building there in a second-year quarterback and Justin Herbert and first-year head coach, it looks like their future is very, very bright. But again, the Raiders still a good start 3-1. and one. Uh, But the Chargers right now 3-1 look like a little bit better version of a 3-1 and one football team. Michael, when we come back, drama in Jacksonville. We're going to get your thoughts on what's going on with Herb down there with the Jaguars. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the – Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. 
three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back here on the Lombardi Line, I am Dave Ross, joined by the man himself, Michael Lombardi. And Michael, Matt Santos, our producer in the break, sent me the list of uh, salary cap space here in the NFL. Jacksonville, by the way, number one. I, I'm not saying Stephon Gilmore is going to go there and bail out Urban Meyer and take the money, but they do have the most money. But Carolina's number two, and that does intrigue me with Matt Rule and, and kind of the defense that they have now and that defensive mentality. And without J.C. Horn, they've got the money potentially to spend. Could that be a, a sneaky spot for a guy who's from South Carolina? Well, they just they just traded for C.J. Henderson. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and they played a little bit against the Cowboys. He got beat for the touchdown by Amari Cooper over on the right sideline. But they were really high on C.J. Henderson. They almost picked him over Derrick Brown last year in the draft, two years ago. So they're high on him. And this cap room that they have, I think they've got to see it as, are we going to extend Sam Darnold? Oh. You know, are we going to extend Sam Darnold? Because they don't. they have to figure out something to do. They didn't pick up the option on Sam Darnold. So they're going to have to figure that one out. And that's really why they have cap room is because they haven't made a decision on Darnold. You know, and I think that Gilmore would be an attractive. But, you know, where they are as a football team, 32-year-old corner, does he still have a lot of good years left in him? I think that's the debate. And, and let me ask you a question, Dave. Mm-hmm. When has Belichick gotten rid of a guy <laughs> that could still play? Uh, never. It's a great point that nobody's talking about today is that he's he's not even off the pup list, by the way. And there's a reason why he was on right. it, because he's still injured. And we're just all assuming it's going to be Stephon Gilmore, the guy that's going to Pro Bowls every year. It's a great point. Normally, he does not give up guys that can still be effective or else he would pay him and they'd he'd stay in yeah. New England, right? No doubt. No doubt. I mean, he knows. Look, he knows more about Gilmore than anybody does. 
Yes, and anybody does. And so I think that, you know, that's got to, I don't say concern you, but you have to proceed lightly. Like when I was in the league, if the Steelers got rid of a guy, you always said to yourself, wait a minute, they're pretty good at this. Mm. You might get a year out of the player, but you're not getting two. They don't miss by two years. They might miss by a year, six games, ten games. Now, they made the mistake. Let's be real clear here. Bringing, bringing Big Ben back, and under the situation that they're in with a bad offensive line, that's going to be very dangerous. However, that being said, they probably didn't have any other choice. But typically, these teams know the players better. I know this is going to surprise you, so I'm glad you're sitting down. The teams know the players better than Twitter does. What? I know it's a shock. I, I know. I know it's going to be hard to comprehend it's that. It's. I know it is. I know it's impossible because <laughs> Twitter knows all. Everything. They know all. They know everything. <laughs> so let's just put it in perspective that you know that maybe Twitter hasn't watched him practice or watched his medical. Twitter knows the name and and remember when and and as they said in the Sopranos, remember when's the lowest form of conversation. What a great, what a great segue. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, look, when I wake up, I do scroll through Twitter because Twitter knows all. But I did see your tweet yesterday. It just caught my eye when you mentioned how the Jaguars are having all these internal meetings and none of them have to do with their game this weekend against the Tennessee Titans. And Obviously, they all involve Urban Meyer, their embattled head coach. I think it's fair to say he's embattled now. The owner came out. It was an interesting uh, vote of support, basically saying he needs was to. Was it a prove, vote? Was it a right, vote? <laughs> I'm not quite sure there, but he basically said, in a nutshell, he's got to prove it to us now. I know the the biggest crime, and you know this more than anybody, Michael, is is from the football perspective, it's the team and anybody who played in the league that he didn't go back on the team plane with the team after their loss on Thursday night in Cincinnati, stayed in Ohio, and then got caught on tape with a little trouble that ensued there. So, Michael, what is the latest here? What what do you make of this mess that Urban Meyer's created in Jacksonville? What I tweeted out yesterday morning was the fact that there was a bunch of closed-door meetings, and I think there was a conversation, and not I think there was, I'm pretty certain there was, that there was a conversation about can they get him for cause? Can his behavior in Columbus create a way for the Jaguars to get out of the contract? And I think through the day, the meetings went on through attorneys and through each attorneys, and they settled on this compromise. They settled on this statement that really isn't in a vote of confidence. It's really more of a delay tactic. My sense of it is, my first tip that I got on this was, Watch Urban at midway, but right before the break, he may take a sabbatical for health reasons. Oh. That was the first tip I got. The second tip I got was that there's a lot of meetings go on. Maybe they're going to buy them out. Okay. Now, none of those, none of those actually are are actually concrete, but mm-hmm. that's what's going on. And that came from people in the building. It came from people in the building. I mean, I was told reliably yesterday morning that he was telling people. They want to get him on a moral clause. And so now I don't think that happened. I don't think that happened where they could do that. So they issued this statement. But this is far from being over. To me, this is more about money than it is about anything. Does he do I think out? that Urban do I think that Urban will be the next head co- the twenty twenty two coach of the Jaguars? No, I don't. Wow. I, and I, to that end, Michael, and again, this is your tweet that certainly caught my eye because uh, you know this this is getting uglier. And certainly, I don't think he really helped himself with his press conference yesterday. I mean, when no. I hear right when I hear the question being asked, could this be a distraction to your football team? And he says yes. I'm like, you're the head coach, aren't you? Supposed to be the right. guy that says no. This won't be a distraction. My job is to lead this football team. 
he's the head coach, but he but he takes no responsibility. I mean, if you could, if you want to write a lesson on leadership on not taking responsibility, here it is, right here. We wrote about it for the Daily Coach today. You know about you know there's that video of him being asked when he was when he was hosting when he was a color when he was an analyst on Fox about what would you do when you're dealing with an organization that's struggling. And, you know, the first thing is trust and accountability, which he has none of it. <laughs> going, Dave, going back, not going back on the team plane is a violation of trust. It, yes. It's a complete violation. I've never heard of it in my career. In my career. And so I think now let's spin this forward, right? You're listening to this program. You, you want to say to yourself, let's bet Jacksonville because they'll win one for the Gipper. Or let's bet Tennessee because Jacksonville's did the tank. I think that's the decision you have to make. The line at four seemed a little odd to me at first, right? Right. That seemed a little – it opened up at three and a half. It kind of went up to four and a half, but now it's kind of settled in right there, right? It's it's pretty much – it's four at Circa, it's four at Westgate, it's four there with no VIG. Okay, so – I mean, on the surface, do you think Tennessee and Jacksonville are a four-point game? I don't. Well, now, there's no money coming in on Jacksonville whatsoever. Right. Of the tickets that are being written, 90% of the tickets are all on, are all on, on uh, 87% of the tickets are all on Tennessee. 90% of the money is on Tennessee. And yet the line isn't moving. Well, that's why I, I don't know how you handicap this game. And I'm glad you, you brought that to our attention here. Only four here at BetMGM. And I look at it and I go, well, we're forgetting about the Jags actually look competent. On Thursday night, the last we saw them in Cincinnati, in the game, arguably, they should have won, right? Maybe if Urban Meyer kicks right. a field goal, instead of going for it on fourth down in the first half when it's 14-0, the whole tenor and tone of that game changed at that very moment. They go to the half only up 14-0 instead of a three-score game. We'd be talking about that. But because of what happened over the weekend in Columbus, Ohio, we're talking about this video and Urban Meyer then, you know, making it worse with the press conference and... I'm like, does he want out? Is he trying to quit this football team? Is he trying to get fired? Like, I'm not exactly sure what he's doing because we're not talking about football anymore. We're talking about Urban Meyer. Right, and, and that's what we talk about. I mean, I, I, I don't think – getting fired, I don't think it's going to help him because certainly, I mean, the SC, the president of SC, you know, has got to look at this and say – she's got to look at this and say, is this something I want to get into? Right. I mean, is this something I want to get into? I know football is important at USC, but is this the only coach and I want to get into this? I think this number is more reflective of Tennessee than it is Urban Meyer. I think Tennessee was so bad last week on defense. They, they've given up 8.4 yards per attempt in the passing game, right? They played decent run defense, but because they haven't had their team together, their passing game has not been as explosive as we thought it would be. They only averaged 10.9 yards per attempt. And when I did my numbers this week, I thought for sure my numbers would come out and it would signal that, you know, this is the, this four line was wrong. It should have been six and a half, six. And my numbers matched exactly what the line was. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. And so because, and why is that? Because ten, my number actually came out at 4.18, Dave. Mm. 4.18. And, and I think this, I think a lot of it is to do with how bad Tennessee has played defensively, particularly, and their offensive line's inability to protect Ryan Tannehill. I, I, very quickly here, uh, to kind of wrap up this divisional talk, boy, the Titans are still the favorite here, minus 275 to win this dog division. I mean, Michael, the NFC East was bad last year. AFC this South must be really bad, right? It, it is. I mean, and look, they're counting on, I mean, Derrick Henry is their second leading receiver on the team. Oof. I mean, think he's got 14 catches this year for almost nine yards a catch. 
we thought it was all solved with the big trade in the offseason, and now maybe the best wide receiver is playing quarterback in Tennessee. Who knows? That's right. Michael, when we come back, Steve Mackinnon is going to join us. And again, uh, some very interesting pre-bye week information before you make your betting dollar. We'll discuss when you come back with us here on the Lombardi Line. It is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back here on the Lombardi line, Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. And Michael, before we welcome back in Steve Mackinnon for this week's conversation, just the two bye week system in general, now that we've gone to an 18-week, 17-game regular season, does it make sense? Is this what the players and the front offices and the coaching staffs need? Well, I mean, I think it certainly gives the team a break, and it, and it helps, uh, you know, prepare and kind of get through. We've seen so many injuries so yeah. far, Dave. I mean, we've seen teams that have been Denver's decimated by injuries. I mean, the Denver team that that won the New York, New York, the Sinatra Open and, <laughs> and beat Jacksonville, and they're not the same team, right? And so we've seen this all through. All these teams are suffering from so many injuries that it's problematic, and I think the buys certainly will help teams get healthy. I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah, and again, with really kind of no preseason anymore, at least not a whole lot of tackling going on in the preseason, it feels like two buys. I mean, Look, look the Eagles off the Eagles offensive line that, that that they started the season and they played that game against the Chiefs with four backups. Wow. With four backups. It's a, it's a very interesting dynamic, and that's why we're going to bring in Steve Mackin, right, Point, uh, Point Spread Weekly Editor uh, here at VEASAN. And, Steve, I was reading your column and going through it with these bye weeks, and you've really gone through the numbers and identified situations and pr- specific teams here that you can actually cash in on. There's one this week with San Francisco for a team going into their first bye. Can you tell the people how you've been able to figure this out? Uh, yeah, Dave. Well, uh, the basis for this article is I, I – like you guys are probably thinking of this conversation that has been flowing along here. We, the buy is a big deal nowadays. It's, well, I guess it's always been in the NFL. I mean, the week before, the week of, the week after, that two, that three-week stretch, the two games, and how teams, I guess so if you want to say, take advantage of that bye week, it can make a huge difference in a team's schedule, uh, how it performs uh, for the rest of the season, and whether or not they make the playoffs. So, uh, it's a huge deal. I, I, I study it every season, and it just seems that there's certain situations and certain teams that perform better in the three-week scenario. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, and, and as like somebody who's been in the league, you know, the, the carrot that you dangle in front of the players is, well, first of all, you, you, you on a bye week, they have to have four days off. So that, that carrot, you used to dangle the carrot to give them a bunch of time off, but the CBA took care of that carrot. They gave it to them anyway. <laughs> So, but I think that, that there's a lot to the motivation of, hey, we're going to get a break. You know, I mean, I think the number that just jumped out at me, because I'm sure everybody's instincts is because San Francisco's undecided at quarterback and everybody. I mean, this game has got 60% of the money on, on Arizona, uh, 60% of the tickets, 87%. But here's what I think somebody should consider. Arizona is 1-8 and eight straight up, 2-7 and seven against the spread in a pre-bye week games away from home. Now, this is a home game for them, obviously, but, I mean, those numbers are really impressive. 
Yeah, you know, the, and Mike, the, the bye week uh, scenario here is actually belonging to San Francisco. So that's where the motivation side of this lies, I believe. Uh, this is an, an incredibly important game for San Francisco uh, with as far as their future divisional prospects are concerned. Obviously, Arizona out to the undefeated start. Now, what I have found historically, and you'll find this in my number one system on, on this week's article, is teams heading into their bye week against divisional opponents have a extremely enhanced focus. Uh, they, they've done very well, 38-11 and 11 against the spread uh, since 2013. That was 7-1 last year. There are nine games this year that fit that, and I, I note these in the article, and the first one comes this week with San Francisco. Yeah, that's fascinating when you look at the ATS numbers there. I mean, you can certainly, if you've done your homework like Steve has, make some money with these systems. Let's look at another one, Steve, that you identified, and that's for teams uh, before their bye week playing on Monday night football, and this would be germane to Buffalo here next Monday night, that you want to play the over 27-9 since 09, 75% rather, cashing that over ticket. So you've seen Buffalo here, not this weekend, but next Monday night that would fit that criteria, correct? Yeah, so the, this is another big one. Uh, I mean, you, you figure maybe maybe there's some extra motivation of heading to the bye week. They're more focused offensively. They want to head into that bye week on a on a good note, if you will. So uh, usually get their best effort offensively, and uh, that extra day of rest in the week before doesn't uh, hurt it either. So uh, a lot of good things. Uh, there's another particular system about Monday nights too. They've proven to be very important in the pre-bye week scenario. Steve, without the bye week this week, is there any kind of system matches that you like going into week five of the season? Oh, you put me on the spot there, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd have to do dig in, do my homework on some of the things I've put together in the past. Uh, but uh, certainly, uh, you, just from a numbers perspective, the way Buffalo's playing, you talk about this game against Kansas City, on Sunday, you got one team that's playing great on both sides of the ball right now. You got yeah. the other side not playing very good defensively. So, and that team's favored. I do not like when when teams that are playing poorly defensively are <laughs> are favored against good offenses. That just does not make well, sense. Steve, I'm glad you brought that game up, Dave. And I love your commentary on this. Like when I looked at the board, I mean, I get that Kansas City because they're playing at home is favored, but if anybody watches Kansas City on defense Oof. and watches how they miss tackles and they can't even get aligned right half the time, I mean, their communication is a disaster. Uh, how is Buffalo, and the way Buffalo has been dominating the past, I mean, my my power rankings have Buffalo significantly as the number one team. I'm surprised it's a three-point line here. I am too. I agree. Yeah, uh, guys, I look at it, and Sean McDermott. We we did this yesterday in the Lombardi line, looking at you know Coach of the Year candidates here, and Sean McDermott's way too low on that list for my liking. Michael, to your point, I mean their defense right now is playing lights out, and what two pitch, two shutouts they've already pitched so far this season. That just doesn't happen in the NFL, and they've done that through four weeks of the season. So Steve, I am surprised that they're catching two and a half points. Remember, they did lead nine nothing uh, in that AFC uh, Championship game a year ago before the kind of the sky fell after that point. But this has got to feel like a bit of a, re a revenge spot for Buffalo, too, going back to Kansas City. I love catching the two and a half points, if not playing this straight up on the money line. I would have to agree. I, if you look at, I guess, if you want to call it the motivation of the two teams here, Buffalo's got a lot to prove in this game. Kansas City seems to be just a, a one-trick pony right now. They're relying on Mahomes to get this done. Uh, Buffalo's playing fantastic on both sides of the ball and uh, probably – 
big statement game for them here. Yeah, and one other point in your in your system here, Steve, I wanted to bring up because, again, it kind of does play into what we saw with Buffalo last week, laying that huge number. They did give up the, the late touchdown to Houston, but basically pitched a shutout. Uh, your pre, pre-bye week system number five, that you want to play on double-digit favorites heading into their bye week. People don't like to lay those big numbers, right, Steve? But you're saying in this situation, you're going to see a couple teams that will play into this as the season goes along. Don't be scared of laying that big number as they go into their bye week? Yeah, correct. And I think Michael kind of touched upon the reason why uh, you got these guys. They're the the best uh, teams in the league right now, and they're looking forward to this four days off. They want to go into that on some good, uh, good mojo going. So uh, definitely do not be afraid to lay those double digits if that team's heading uh, into the bye week. Yeah, the only thing I could think of with the game, the Buffalo game, Dave and, and Steve, is Buffalo has played no quarterbacks. I mean, they've played no quarterbacks. I mean, they've played Ben. We know Ben. They played two, and they knocked him out. They played, uh, you know, they they played Trevor Heineke, Heineke, and then they played D- Davis Mills. So this will be the true. We're going to get an idea how good they are defensively, and I think that's probably because in their power rankings, when we look at them, there's four bad offenses that they faced. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. I'm right there with you. It feels like it's finally going to be their, their first real test. Uh, very quickly, gentlemen, Steve, before we let you go, I want to talk about your third system that you have here, and I feel like we're picking on the Denver Broncos. But it's a very interesting thing here, playing any team, heading into their bye week, and facing Denver, 18-7 and seven straight up, 20-5 and five ATS since 01, 80% going against those Broncos. It, it, how did you find those numbers? Because... That is very specific, and yet it's cashed 80% of the time. So the same way I went about finding the trends for the teams playing, I went against the teams playing against. So I went down the list, and I was I just went flying through the list, and I looked at Denver, and it lost, 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 lost. And it just seemed to have incredibly clean. And when I put the numbers together, 5-20 and 20 against the spread wow. event. That scenario. So just just crazy. Uh, Washington's the one fortunate team this year that gets to face them on Halloween. So uh, definitely uh, looks like a Washington play uh, for that day. So uh, another good one on the list. Yeah, I'm going to be circling that one already, Michael. So, again, when we get to that game, I'm going to remember, remember Steve Mackinan told us about this here a couple of weeks ago. I'll be circling Washington on that date. Hey, Steve, always appreciate the information. It's a great article, as always. I really enjoy the read uh, in the morning as we get ready for the show. So, appreciate your time and information, as always. Thanks, Steve. Thank you so much, appreciate Steve. Appreciate you guys, too. Great PSW this week. All right, check it out, Point Speed. When's it out, Steve? When's it come out? Today. Coming out Today, any, okay, any minute. Point Spread Weekly okay. Editor Steve Mackin and check it out. It is great information before you make your wager. I think you should read that article by Steve. When we come back, Michael, we're not done talking about the boys in Big D. We're going to talk all things Cowboys when you come back with us right here in the Lombardi Line. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Get your payout before the game's out with BetMGM. Place a money line wager on any Thursday night football game, and if your team is up by 10 or more points at halftime, you win. That's a full payout for only half the game, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Simply go to BetMGM account and opt in each week to Thursday night halftime payout promotion. Want to keep things rolling? Well, try BetMGM's extensive live betting options in the third quarter, or use your winnings to place a one-game parlay on Sunday. New to BetMGM, download the app and see how you can turn halftime cash into full-time cash. Make a money line bet on Thursday night, and if your team is up by 10 or more, you're going to win at the half. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, opt-in required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or in Pennsylvania. Back here on the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. And, Michael, as you know, I have an affinity for the guys that wear the stars on their helmets. We talked a little bit about them at the top of the show, and it's a pleasure to welcome in Michael Gelkin right now, Dallas Morning News, and covers the team down there in Big D. So, Michael Gelkin, Michael Lombardi, was not as surprised as I was by the release of Jalen Smith. What is the mood around there today? Were you guys caught off guard? Did you guys see this coming? 
No, I honestly saw it coming. Um, I remember before the season, in a meeting with my other writers on the Dallas Morning News and my editor, I was pretty insistent upon writing about Jalen Smith and the possibility that the Cowboys could move on from him during the season just because, I, specifically because I didn't want people to be surprised in the event that it happened. There was this $9.2 million question that hovered over Jalen Smith to enter the season. And that question, basically, how long is he going to be on this roster when every time he steps onto the field, there's a $9.2 million risk? If he suffers a major injury this season, and that forces him to fail a physical next March, then the Cowboys have to fully guarantee his $9.2 million salary in 2022. And so uh, he would really have needed to play at a a very high level for the Cowboys to have felt comfortable with that risk. They gave him four games. He did not grade well in Sunday's win over the Carolina Panthers while playing only 28 defensive snaps. He doesn't help you on special teams. Linebacker Keanu Neal, this past two games of COVID, he comes back this week. He's on the practice field as I'm watching it right now. Uh, Micah Parsons, the rookie first-round pick, has been phenomenal. Looks like defensive rookie of the year. So it just didn't add up. Uh, it didn't make any financial sense. The Cowboys are really uncomfortable with the idea of, of putting Jalen Smith out there who doesn't play special teams and, and continue to roll that $9.2 million dice. Yeah, no doubt, uh, Michael. And I, I was surprised they signed him to the extension. That's what really shocked me because even when he was playing well, you could still see he wasn't a fast, explosive player, that the nerve damage in his knee was always going to bother him. And I was surprised Jerry and Steven went ahead and extended him. And I think they probably did the right thing. With Neil coming back, they can play that nickel front. Remember, Neil was a safety at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They moved him. Dan Quinn had him. They Now they play him in the line. They play him in the box. Gives him more speed. But the guy that's jumped out to me is Osei Adas. I don't know how to say his last name. Adawatsu. He he has been sensational for them. And he has been really, for a third-round pick, a huge surprise inside to go along with Randy Gregory's uh, game last week. Totally. He's been disruptive. Uh, He had five quarterback pressures on Sunday, uh, again, in the win against the Panthers. And, you know, there's there's some moments of inconsistency there. I mean, he's still a rookie, but for a third-round pick, a defensive lineman, um, you know, who wasn't even the most impressive rookie third-round pick defensive lineman on the Cowboys roster this spring, uh, Chauncey Golston was. Uh, yeah, Diggy Zua is just steadily uh, impressed, steadily improved, has a real professional work ethic that he takes with him on the practice field and into meetings. And so, um, yeah, he's the, the interior pressure that he's been able to provide uh, has been a huge part of this Cowboys defensive turnaround. But, uh, I mean, obviously it's, it's a litany of things that are going on, and chief among them is defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. And you look at the Cowboys coordinators, Dan Quinn on the defensive side and Kellen Moore on the offensive side. And I'm not a betting man, but that seems like a pretty good line as to which of those, if, I, if any, uh, will be back in 2022. Because uh, based on, albeit just the first quarter of the season, uh, you definitely see the head coach potential in both those guys. Well, you know, you mentioned it. I always say, by the way, Michael, the, the DT from Alabama, third-round pick, because I can't say his last name either. Uh, yeah. when, you, when you look at the Cowboys now, they're the prohibitive favorite now, Michael, to win the NFC East here, minus 250. And this week, they got a big uh, interdivision game against the Giants who come calling down there in Jerry World. And the Cowboys now, for the first time, really have expectation, right? They're, they're perfect so far ATS this year. Even in the loss to Tampa, they easily covered that spread. But, Michael, now the odds were going to say, okay, now we're going to lay seven, seven and a half. I wonder just from maybe a mentality standpoint, now they're going to be the hunted again. 
What do you see around this football team, even with Jalen Smith being, uh, you know, exit stage left today? Are they good enough now to have this expectation and be able to handle it as one of the better teams that we perceive to be in the NFC? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, I think it starts with Dak Prescott. You know, you, you know, certain people are on the building. Um, you won't have to search long to find. They consider Dak Prescott the most mentally tough uh, person they've met in their life, uh, much less a football player, but just in general, uh, the most mentally tough individual. And so when he's the leader of your team, when he's the leader of your locker room, um, yeah, I, I think they, they are entirely capable of being the hunted and, and, and being the favorite and, and all that. Frankly, when you're a Dallas Cowboy, and I don't know if I fully understood it. You know, I covered the Chargers for seven years. I covered the Raiders for two-plus years before I joined the Dallas beat here. And I didn't realize just how different it is with the Dallas Cowboys than it is in those other organizations I covered. But the spotlight, the focus, the profile, all of that is just so such more magnified here. And so I think even when the Cowboys are, are struggling or when they're you know underdogs, they still feel like this spotlight is on them and so there isn't some radical adjustment now that the Cowboys are very clearly good and very clearly legitimate and the best team in the NFC East uh, that's not entirely different uh, of a ball game for them yeah and I, and I think you got to give Quinn credit I mean I don't know if he'll get a head coaching gig but I think you got to give him credit for changing and diversifying his portfolio defensively and I think what they do offensively is challenging and, and steal the right tackle to me has been a guy that you know, has been put into a tough situation, hadn't played well in the past, but started to play really well, played good last week against Philadelphia, maybe not as good this week, uh, you know, in, in his game against the Panthers, but still effective enough to kind of offset the loss of Collins. But, you know, this will be an interesting game because the one thing I think the Cowboys, when you watch the Eagle game, they did a good job of handling Hurts in the pocket. pocket. And I think Daniel Jones is running the football better than anybody on the giant team. That's really where they get a lot of plays from. And so it's going to be interesting to see what you feel like the Cowboys will see as the number one way they got to take away Daniel Jones's run game. That's a great point. You're right. They did a good job with Jalen Hurts, the rush lanes there. Um, but they did struggle a bit with Sam Darnold, but two different rushing touchdowns uh, on Sunday. And so – um, you know, how to contain Daniel Jones' his, his leg ability. He does have the ability to create. I'm not sure if Sterling Shepard is back from his hamstring injury this week. Obviously, that's a loss, if not. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, you definitely need to respect Daniel Jones' ability uh, to, to extend plays. Uh, and the Cowboys, between Hurts and Herbert and uh, most recently Darnold, have had a good amount of experience against quarterbacks with mobility. Uh, challenges uh, for that for them, so uh, perhaps that'll that'll help them, and it'll be some carryover from from across game plan. Talking with Michael Gelkin, a reporter for the Dallas Morning News, and Michael, very quickly, just Jarrah, Jerry Jones. It looks like he's having fun. He's up there in the box. He's you know kind of uh, fist pumping with the fans there. How much fun has this reversal been for Jerry after the dismal 2020 season? Yeah, you definitely sense it. I think the pandemic in general was miserable for. Everybody, um, <laughs> uh, that includes the NFL. Um, Jerry Jones in particular, he loves the spotlight after every single game. He holds court just before or after players or reporters start to enter the locker room to interview the players. And if you're a reporter and you're going to listen to Jerry Jones speak for the entirety of him speaking, you might, by the time you finish covering Jerry Jones's comments, all the players, at least most of them, 
will be on their way home. They'll be showered and dressed and, and gone. And so all of that in 2020 was out the window. And, and now he's starting to hold court a little bit more. His team is, is playing, you know, really high-level football. Um, you know, I think this is the best team that he's had in quite a while. Uh, there's this feeling, and yes, it's only week five, and, you know, you, no, 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 no Super Bowl champion peaks in September, October. So let's all, you know, again, kind of pump the brakes. But there's just this unselfishness. There's just this culture of guys generally like, just genuinely liking each other, and you're starting to hear players talk about it and being around the team. It's palpable. So there is no doubt – um, this feeling that Jerry Jones has that you know this this, this pony has a, has a chance, um, but we'll, we'll ultimately you know, obviously see how it all develops over, over the course of the coming weeks. Yeah, he's on record saying he will do anything within his power to bring another championship back to Dallas. It's been a long time since 1995. Michael Gelkin really enjoyed the conversation, of course, there with the Dallas Morning News. Uh, we appreciate the time and the information. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Brother Michael. Here. Thanks for having me. All right, and Michael Lombardi, now I'm all, I'm all excited, thinking Jerry World might be celebrating a championship here in the not-too-distant future. We'll discuss more NFL when you come back with us. And Matt Hayes in the second hour discussing what's going on down there in Jacksonville. It's not good. It is the Lombardi Line here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 